If we're talking bugs, there's only one on everybody's mind right now. Australia has broken through the 500 cases barrier for the first time. The worst day of the pandemic so far for new infections. Uh, the virus is still out there. It'll still make its way and it'll still throw everything at us. And we must be prepared to respond. The life and lifestyles of Australians has changed um, for what we believe will be a quite a significant period of time. Coronavirus has captured the world's attention. And that's more than fair enough. It is a global pandemic and probably the biggest event of the century. But what if I told you there's another bug also causing serious damage, which we seem to be brushing aside? When I was growing up, you heard about, you know, don't get the gambling bug. You know, don't get the gambling bug. Um, which meant people you know, should, be, should be careful when they gamble. Because if you, once you get the gambling bug, nothing else matters. Gambling. It's something deep-rooted in Australian culture. Quintessentially Australian, even. From the races to sports games to playing the pokies, gambling is rarely a miss from the typical Australian social scene. In fact, gambling is so normal to us, we could probably recite the marketing ads they're so familiar, which is perhaps part of the problem. You just see it everywhere, and it's the message to gamble is reinforced over and over again in so many different ways now. But who's to say Australia's love for a punt is such a bad thing? I mean, who doesn't love a game? The rush of trying your luck and the chance to win, and win big. The thing is controlling the urge, because when the gambling bug bites, it bites hard. From my earliest memories of gambling, I never, I never didn't go too far. You know, I never walked out of a pub or club with money in my pocket unless it was closed. As the saying goes, the house always wins. But in the time of the coronavirus shutdown, gamblers were experiencing smaller wins too. With the closure of venues, many people felt relief, finally locked out from the temptations inside the pokey rooms. In Australia, $1.5 billion was saved from gambling losses in the lockdown period alone. But then things moved online. We saw a 67% increase in online gambling and a surge in online marketing, something which had experts concerned for the vulnerable, compulsive or recovering gamblers, but also the general public, as we all started spending more time at home, bored and alone. So... Where does that leave us now? Today, we're looking at gambling during a pandemic. What is responsible gambling and the nature of addictions? This is Think Digital Futures. I'm Kate Rafferty. It's fair to say COVID-19 has presented the perfect storm for people who gamble. Some people have lost their jobs. Some are changing their living arrangements and work arrangements. People are out of pocket, while others are getting more cash thanks to things like JobSeeker or JobKeeper. We're experiencing major change, and things are stressful and uncertain at the best of times. Which is why researchers like Professor Sally Gainsbury from the Gambling Treatment and Research Clinic at the University of Sydney have started some studies. Back in April, the gambling clinic ran a survey to see how the COVID-19 lockdown might impact gambling behaviour in Australia. So at the University of Sydney Brain and Mind Centre, 
we're trying to map out how Australians have gambling in the past, how that's changed during the shutdown period, and what's the ramifications of gambling going forward. Being mindful of participation with the land-based gambling venues closed, looking at gambling problems, and also looking at financial hardships, people whose expenditure and income have changed, whether that has any impact on people's gambling problems. Professor Gainsbury is yet to finalise data from the clinic survey, but she says the assumption that people who gamble on poker machines will just shift their habit online is not necessarily true. For a lot of people who play something like a poker machine, that experience isn't exactly replicated by an online uh, slot machine or online wagering site. So it's not necessarily natural for people who uh, do enjoy poker machines to go online. While the jury's still out on who's gambling more and who isn't, Professor Gainsbury says there are some expected trends. From the international surveys, we find that uh, most people are reducing their gambling. However, some people have increased their gambling, and unfortunately these are most likely to be the vulnerable people who are already experiencing gambling problems and who do have high levels of gambling expenditure already. So it's likely related to people experiencing psychological distress. In some cases, they actually have financial windfalls from economic stimulus packages. And um, for these people, they do increase their gambling, which is likely to lead to harm. So what are the harms of online gambling? How dangerous is it to place a few bets or try your luck at a few online casinos? Well... According to Dr. Anastasia Cronus, a clinical psychologist and lecturer at the University of Technology, Sydney, moving online poses quite a few risks as people engage with dodgy and dubious sites. People who are gambling online might be accessing offshore uh, casinos and gambling sites as well. And if, if these are being marketed to them or they're coming across them, many of these might be unregulated. So it means that they could potentially steal someone's bank details, their identity. Um, if a person wins an amount of money, they may not actually pay that money out to the person. And the general public are not necessarily aware of the differences between these sites as well. And so in that sense, they may not know what to look out for. In Australia, online casinos and poker rooms are illegal, but people can still access these kinds of sites through offshore or international providers. The problem is there aren't any regulations in place for offshore sites because, well, they're illegal which means there are no technical standards these sites need to follow. General regulations around fairness of games, the types of games offered, responsible gambling practices, these all are basically thrown out the window when it comes to offshore sites. So to use them is to do so at your own risk. Unfortunately, this doesn't mean people aren't playing them. Offshore and unlicensed sites go to great lengths to encourage people to use them. For example, they'll often put the Australian flag on their website to indicate a fake licence and even label things in Australian currency. And they can be pretty believable. As Anastasia said, it's not unlikely to hear stories of people losing thousands of dollars to dubious gaming sites that they never thought to second-guess which also points to something else, a need to educate consumers in how to distinguish the secure sites from the sketchy ones. Now to the second issue with online gambling, convenience. With the affordances of technology, 
Gambling and gaming sites are accessible to us on any device. So whether it's your phone, tablet or laptop, you carry a virtual mini casino with you everywhere you go. Dr. Cronus says we can't forget the notifications and marketing that flood our phones, which makes this mini casino, often in our pocket, something very difficult to resist. It's much more easily accessible. We can access it 24 hours a day from anywhere we are, um, as opposed to offline gambling where we actually go to the premises and we stay there for a period of time. You know, most pubs and clubs have a time in which they close. Um, so there are some restrictions on on the extent to which we can gamble, which is taken away when we when we refer to online gambling. With gambling and gaming spreading online, more people, especially young people, are playing and betting and more often. During the pandemic period, this activity is only increasing. For Sally Gainsbury, there's a need to make people aware of just what they're signing up for when they engage in online gambling. The risk is that these habits become ingrained and then they develop over time so that even when other venues open or there's more activities that you've just you sort of enabled these online gambling habits. And especially if you've never had an online gambling account before, once you're an active member, you can continue to receive marketing and specific email promotions that are highly targeted to try and encourage you to gamble more, which is part of the standard marketing practices. At the moment, the concern is that there's not enough understanding of the harms of gambling online. During the lockdown period, this has put some people, particularly those in recovery, at risk. Unless you know to say no, uh, you will try it. Matt Hanks, which is not his real name, runs a Gamblers Anonymous group in Tasmania, as well as three other gambling recovery groups on Facebook. He says for those dealing with addiction, lockdown has thrown a spanner in the works, and he's seen how online gambling has seriously affected people in their recovery. I had a young man referred to me who um, he'd saved up $50,000 in over three years, in his bank account, um, and on a, a quiet, boring weekend, um, he um, he came across a, a casino site. Within three weeks, he'd lost $50,000, and he became suicidal with that. Matt says the biggest danger of online gambling is that so much damage can be done with just one click of a button. Because you're doing it online... You're not reaching into your wallet and pulling out a note and putting it into a machine or handing it over to a teller, and you and you're witness, you can you can consciously see you handing that money over. This is just a click with your finger, and the money's gone and it's disappearing out of your bank account so quickly. So some might think it's only the compulsive gamblers who are most at risk, but. Kate Roberts, a gambling counsellor and executive officer of Gambling Impact Society New South Wales, says no one is immune to the harms of gambling. The realities are that 85% of the aggregate harms are coming from low and moderate risk gambling. And um, there's a big push to try and say, oh, look, you know, it's only 1% of the population that are experiencing gambling addictions. Whereas, in fact, across the continuum, from people who gamble only occasionally to people who are perhaps doing it quite regularly, there are considerable harms going on. And that's the conversation we need to be having. As Kate points out, gambling harms occur across a continuum. 
from people on the far end who might experience great distress and dysfunction related to gambling to the low and moderate risk gamblers, the ones who gamble for fun and only every now and then. Characteristically, these low risk or on occasion gamblers, they're supposed to be managing their habits better than those further up the scale. So why are 85% of the harms of gambling coming from this low or moderate risk group? Professor Gainsbury says it's because gambling harms increase over time. What might be a once every fortnight form of social fun can spiral into something harder to control. All of a sudden, it's a twice a week turned twice a day habit. And this often occurs in response to life stresses to do with work or family or even events like our good friend COVID-19. The best way to combat risky gambling behaviour is through good strategies that ensure we gamble in a responsible way, which is a tagline you've definitely heard before. Experience, we would like to remind you to please gamble responsibly. Dream bigger and gamble responsibly. Know when to stop, don't go over the top, gamble responsibly. Like other government and industry-developed campaigns, this one has been created in an effort to educate the broader public. But according to Anastasia Cronus it's not quite hitting the mark. One of the criticisms of a lot of marketing campaigns has been that at the end of the advertisement, they'll tack on the phrase, gamble responsibly. Uh, however, there's, there's really no follow-up as to what this means or what responsible gambling is or how someone's meant to do it. Um, in the past, we've had a lot of uh, public health campaigns around responsible consumption of alcohol and people people have more of an awareness of what it means to drink responsibly now but there's less of that awareness around responsible gambling it's, it's been a newer concept and one that hasn't been um, promoted in the media and to the public as much. Responsible gambling practices are critical to ensuring a sustainable gambling culture and industry. They ensure that one, consumers are gambling to affordable levels, and two, venues and online operators remain ethical and accountable. But creating marketing that successfully spreads that message has proved no easy feat, mainly because the notion to gamble responsibly is pretty vague. In fact, ads can tend to shame and finger point at consumers because they fail to take the time to explain what responsible gambling actually is. Like in this Victorian TV ad. You're more likely to find buried treasure than win the top prize at the pokies. Know the odds and gamble responsibly. Visit gambleaware.vic.gov.au But there are some people trying to make a change here. Take Lucy Clippen, Strategic and Visual Designer at the University of Technology Sydney's Design Innovation Research Centre. Initially, we were actually looking at, like, the kind of brief was broadly to raise awareness for young people, 18 to 24-year-olds, about responsible gambling. Lucy has been part of a collaborative project between Studio Hackett, UTS and Born Bred Talent. The project is a promotional animation that highlights the pervasiveness of Australian gambling culture. What we were finding was that a lot of people are actually engaging in gambling activities without necessarily thinking of themselves as gamblers or recognising that what they were doing was actually gambling. 
Their animation, Common Australia, Don't Let the Game Player, reveals the complexities of gambling habits and encourages people, especially young people, to think critically about their gambling. Australians bloody love gambling. Damn those fever dreams and their clumsy government messaging. There you have it. Gambling is everywhere. Come on, Australia. Don't let the game play up. Unlike the government's gamble responsibly, the ad's pretty quirky, which Lucy says actually makes it work. I suppose a lot of the examples that we've seen of responsible gambling, advertising, they can tend to feel a bit naff. So like we were trying to find a different kind of language that would actually cut through all of that and find a different way of connecting with people. Even if it is a bit random and it feels cheesy, it's actually dialing up the cheese so much that it becomes interesting, like it becomes funny, you're trying to work out what's happening. And the message behind the project has become pretty relevant during the pandemic period. What with the increase in online gambling and a study from the Australian Institute of Criminology that found that males under 30 and in full-time work were more likely to gamble online during the lockdown. Lucy says this is just evident of how much online gambling is gearing itself toward a younger target market. The reason this is such a big problem is just the sheer effects that it can have on young people. I think when people start gambling younger, the um, risk of them having severe outcomes impacts on their mental and physical health not to mention, you know, financial impacts, um, you know, effects on their social life and connections to family and things are quite devastating. So it's not just saying you shouldn't be gambling. I guess there's, there's that, um, there's a big, bigger risk behind it. It's not just a game. As well as being deeply ingrained in our culture, gambling is something that's long been stigmatised and stereotyped. For example... If I told you to picture a gambler in your head right now, you'd probably think of a man, maybe middle-aged or older, maybe with a beard, and maybe looking a little unruly. But that picture just doesn't stick anymore. The reality is, gambling is fast-affecting all sorts of people, from teenagers to 20-year-olds, 70-year-olds, men and women. Now, we need government and industry to embrace this new picture of who a gambler is so the broader public can realise responsible gambling is about them. As for improving our gambling industry, well, there's never been a better time than now. In fact, we're already seeing reforms taking shape around the world. In the UK, a lot of the online wagering operators have voluntarily uh, banned advertising, televised advertising during this time. Uh, Some international jurisdictions have placed a mandatory limit on how much you can actually gamble. So it would be great during this period to see Australian wagering operators step up their efforts to make sure that they're identifying any potentially vulnerable people, to really closely monitor particularly any new accounts that might be open to make sure that there's no huge increase in spending or any red flags amongst people who are are new gambling and also amongst existing customers to really monitor whether there's any increase in gambling at this time and to be very proactive in terms of calling consumers, uh, restricting their advertising, making sure there's no inducement for people who are essentially 
um, potentially very psychologically vulnerable or experiencing difficulties in their finances to really be extra cautious. Time is of the essence, with now being a great chance to review how venues can reduce gambling harms for users. So this is an ideal time for some further reforms and changes to gambling venues to further responsible gambling, to have things like a centralised self-exclusion register that you can actually check since people are now signing in rather than relying on visual identification of people as they enter the venue, obviously observing patrons closely for any signs that they might be ill, being more mindful of um, what people are physically doing, but ensuring that the social distancing doesn't become an excuse for ignoring people, not getting too close, allowing people to gamble for long periods in isolation, that we also look at the impact on people of how much they're gambling and increase the responsible gambling, particularly as some of the economic stimuluses start to wind up and we expect to see some real financially vulnerable situations uh, increasing in Australia. For Kate Roberts, restricting harms at clubs and casinos is a must. She says if poker machines are to stay, there's a need for venues and governments to better acquaint themselves with best practice principles. We need government and we need industry to acknowledge this is not a sole responsibility on individuals. This is a co-created challenge. This is a co-created because we are dealing with machines uh, in particular poker machines that have been designed with specific features, specific ways of working that are there to get us hooked. And that is not a passive entity. It is something that we have formed a very integral relationship with. While we need to hold industry and governments to account, it's important that people who feel they might have a gambling problem or know someone who might seek external support. Because after all, recovery or just managing your gambling is easier said than done, especially in times like these. From counsellors, bodies like Gambling Impact Society New South Wales, or support groups like Gamblers Anonymous, there are many services available to assist anyone at any stage. But overall, the most important thing to remember is that you're not alone, and that seeking help is the first step to feeling better and in control. It's helpful for people to critically think about their gambling behaviour, to set set limits for themselves and try not to go over them if they're going to be using gambling products and to have some awareness around who's supplying them, who's making the most money out of them and I guess whether or not that's money well spent. If you or someone you know needs help managing their gambling, the National Gambling Helpline 1800 858 858 is a good place to start. And if this episode has caused you any distress, please don't hesitate to call Lifeline at 13 11 14. Think Digital Futures is made possible with the support of 2SER Radio and the University of Technology, Sydney. This podcast is made in Sydney on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can hear more of Think Digital Futures at 2SER.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kate Rafferty. Thanks for listening.